Welcome to Think Biblically, Conversations on Faith and Culture. It's a podcast from Talbot School of Theology here at Biola University. I'm your host, Scott Ray, Dean of Faculty and Professor of Christian Ethics. And I'm your co-host, Sean McDowell, Professor of Christian Apologetics. We're here under the Bell Towers on campus at Biola University on a special day. This is the Spring Preview Day, where we have lots of prospective students and their parents uh, who are coming to join us for the day to tour the campus and to get exposed to as much about Biola University as they can. And we thought it'd be appropriate today to have uh, as our guest, Biola's president, Dr. Barry Corey. So, Barry, we're so glad you could come and just be with us and uh, talk to our listeners on the podcast and also to the, the, the parents of prospective students and the prospective students themselves as they're walking by. As they're walking by, yeah. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Sean. Um, it's a beautiful day at Biola. We have 550 guests here today. Oh, terrific. Um, prospective students and their families. And uh, after a, a long season of COVID with limited folks on campus, it's a, it's a, it's a glorious moment. So thanks for having us. So tell, tell us, our listeners, a, lo- a little bit more about uh, what you love about being president of Biola. Yeah, um, when, I'm, uh, when I'm having one of those days when I'm thinking about spreadsheets and personnel issues and <laughs> uh, even, uh, you know, university plans, and I'm cooped up in the office with a number of other uh, bureaucrats like me, um, I have this driving desire to, like, put the spreadsheets on the floor and walk out of the office and just go and hang out with students. Mm. And so I'll go in the cafeteria, I'll plop next to them in, in chapel, um, stop them on the sidewalk, great students like these walking by us right now, and just have a chance to say like, hey, like, how's your day going? Where are you from? What's your major? And one of the, one of the frequent questions that I ask is, name me a class outside of your major that has rocked your life. And That's they great, just get going. And, and often I write a note to that faculty member saying, hey, I was just talking to this random student and they told me about your class and thanks for doing what you're doing. That's, that's what gets me up in the morning. Tell us a little about your journey to become president and not just like the application process, but just the steps along the way, the decision and kind of finally showing up on campus and starting this journey. Yeah, so when I was on when I was 19 years old, I remember I had a little uh, index card, and, and I started thinking about like what I want to do in my life, and um, and and I and I wrote down that I think being in higher education, it was so formative for me that maybe that's something that God would use me for. I had no idea what I was going to do, uh, where I would be. I, I talk about then as, a, as, as a, you know, on the brink of my 20s, having a sense of, of a direction, but not a sense of focus. And a little by little through kind of a serpentine way, um, a doors opened and I said yes to lots of things that were opportunities for me to learn and grow and was mentored by some incredible individuals along the way, um, especially uh, two presidents that I worked with closely at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. And, and um, yeah, that, that sense of direction more and more became... Uh, a, a sense of, of focus. And uh, I thought maybe I'd be a professor, but I'm actually not smart enough. Like you guys oh, are. I'm, no, I'm serious. Oh, I'm not smart enough. So I had to like, like, because I wasn't smart enough to be a professor, I had to be a president. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure, well, I'm not sure that. what that tells us about who's smarter than whom. Oh, but, uh, come on. Well, uh, Barry, tell us a little bit about uh, how you've worked in the past couple of years to help guide Biola through the, all the challenges that have come from COVID. 
Yeah, well, you could say all the challenges that have come from dot, dot, dot. There's a lot of blanks to fill in we'll, there. We'll and, get to those in just a minute. Okay. okay. Um, COVID obviously um, took us harder than in most schools. Uh, I've shared with uh, folks that there are 3,141 counties in America, and only one county completely shuttered the campuses, um, and that was L.A. County. We weren't allowed wow. to be open. We stretched and pushed and didn't defy their mandates and orders, but we came close to doing that just to get some folks back, students back, um, certainly um, in, the, in the spring of, of, of last year. Um, so we, had a, we, we did the best with what we could do, and uh, we, our, our faculty came up to the game, and they—, um, they uh, you know, offer their courses remotely. Um, we we worked hard to to communicate well, we with our with our faculty and staff, and and certainly with our students. And and uh, you know, little by little, you know, we have emerged from COVID, and I think we're emerging stronger on the other side. It's you know we're not completely out of this little bit of the the funk that COVID put us in, but we're getting closer and closer every day. And if we uh, if we squander this uh, this crisis, then then. Um, I really feel like we've, 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 we've missed an opportunity, and I don't think we have missed that opportunity. Dr. Corey, one of the questions I've been able to ask a lot of pastors is, how is your church different now in terms of the ministry that it's doing than before COVID? Like, what things did we stop doing that maybe were not as effective as we thought? And what new things are we doing to be more effective? But I haven't had a chance to ask you that question. So what things have we maybe cut away from? And what are we doing that, we'll, that we weren't doing before that might help us be more effective in education moving forward? Well, I know I'm going to sound like I'm contradicting myself, um, but certainly um, we've become much more nimble in the way in which we do education. Um, opportunities for students to take classes uh, remotely, to hybrid their education, do some in person, um, some online, digitally. So I think that has changed things and students say like, hey, I know I can you know, be on campus or not be on campus and, 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 and do a combination of the two. But I but where I'm contradicting myself is I, I think that students students want to be in person. They want they want to be in community. That 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 embodied sense of education matters. So maybe there are options and new pathways that students can get their degree. But I always think there's going to be that dimension of education where like like they, it's it's three dimensional. You can actually be there in yeah. person and sitting across from a from a faculty member and and reading the body language and. And, and walking out of the classroom afterwards and just talking not just about the, the content of the course, but the contours of their life. And I think that happens uh, in community. And um, so we can do things, some things differently, but we can't lose this, this embodied sense Amen. of being there. So, Dr. Corey, what do, what do you see? You said there was a dot, dot, dot when I mentioned the word challenge. Yeah. There's plenty more. Yeah, yeah. What are some of the other challenges that you see on the horizon for a place like Biola in the next two or three years? Yeah, thanks, uh, uh, Dr. Ray, for asking me that question. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I think a lot of colleges right now would say, yeah, yeah, we've got challenges with changing demographics and with economic realities and with globalization and, and the way in which technology is kind of rebooting the way we're doing things and competition among the schools. That's, that's a common refrain among faith-based and non-faith-based colleges and universities. Um, but what we are uh, also facing, which is um, providing us opportunities for uh, prayer and creativity, is uh, we are up against um, challenges 
about our, our deeply held convictions. And that's not necessarily the case with most colleges and universities. And I, 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 I tell um, you know folks that like, like higher education is hard and Christian higher education is harder. And Christian higher education in California is harder still. And, um, and I don't say that to elicit any kind of, of, of pity uh, on me. I actually say that as like, hey, bring it on. This is our day. This is our moment. I had, a, I had a, um, a president of another college call me some time ago, and he said, how can you stand being the president of a Christian college in California? And there are days that I feel that way. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, um, but, but, but truly, it's, it's like this is where the gospel works. I've only lived in two states, right? I lived in Massachusetts and California. So I skipped all the easy ones in the middle, <laughs> wow. right? And, 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 and here I am. And, and we have students that just say, you know, we're going we're gonna to live out the gospel in this post-Christian, or in some would say actually this pre-Christian uh, environment we are in. And it is this, we are, we are certainly the church in exile, and um, and students want to come here because this is a place where their f- their faith is going to be bolstered, and we're committed to our mission more than ever before. Certainly in different ways, in creative ways, on uh, new wineskins. But this is what I think that that parents and students want in the, in this tumult of higher education right now. That Biola can be this refreshing oasis of of being something like solid and rooted and biblically faithful uh, in a way that I think our world needs more than ever before. And you've heard me talk about firm center, soft edge. You know, deep sense of conviction. This is what we believe. Um, you know, Martin Luther is like, um, here I am. Um, but also, like, like we're gonna we're gonna do this in ways that I think are gonna be the aroma of Christ. Now, in some ways, you just answered this, but I want you to really just articulate to people who are listening. If somebody's thinking, "Why should I go to Biola?" What do you see as Biola's unique place within higher education as a whole, but also within the arena of Christian? higher education. What is Biola uniquely offering in this moment? Yeah. So I would say this, um, Sean, can I call you Sean? Yeah, please. <laughs> call him Dr. Ray. You can call me Sean. <laughs> Sean. Um, I, would, I would say this, that, that, that we cannot forget who we are and we cannot, for, cannot mm. forget where we came from. You know, these incredibly creative leaders back in 1908 in arguably the most imaginative, the most globalized city emerging on the planet said, we want to create a university, then they called it an institute, there, downtown Los Angeles, on the corner of Sixth and Hope Street. I love that we have hope in our name, right? And, um, and they started us not just to be biblically faithful. But they, they started this university that we could respond intellectually to the major challenges of the day, that the life of the mind would matter, scholarship would matter. They started this university because they believed that students should live the virtuous life, that the way God intended things to be is not time-stamped, but timeless. And, and that was in the, in the bones of our founders. They started this university because they cared about evangelism. That, that discipleship and evangelism, that Jesus saves really matters. That's why they put those big signs uh, on the corner of the building. They started this university because they believed that, that we would be a gathering place of, of 
tribes and tongues and nations. It's what our founders said in 1913, that our doors will ever be open regardless of race, creed, class, color, previous condition. That was like prophetic back then. We haven't always lived into that great, but that was what was said. And that's who we are, this welcoming, hospitable community. And they started this place saying like, we want students to be here regardless of, of like if they can afford it or not. Let's try to find a way. And we've got work to do on all of those areas. But, but I looked at those six founding principles and realized like they matter more now than ever before. Before. And that's what I think that, that students want, something that is deeply rooted, but also preparing them for the, the careers that God has for them, not just a year out of Biola, but like, like what are the skills that they need 30 years out? Yeah. Now, we've, we have formal theological statements that uh, give us a very traditional view of marriage between one man and one woman and a biblical view of sexuality uh, that has come under some criticism by people in our state, uh, both inside of government and outside. And I know that's been a, that's been a difficult balance beam to to walk on over the last few years. I think our listeners would be really interested to know how we've navigated that as a university to stay faithful to our convictions, but also to be you know, sort of you know not have not have a target on our back right uh, from people who would really like to see us give up those convictions. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and and. The target will be on our back always unless we give up those convictions to certain people. And I think that's just the way it is. And um, But this university is standing firm in being biblically faithful when I talked about the way God intended things to be certainly on our understanding of, of life and how we treat each other and, and the way in which um, uh, sexual ethics and the understanding of marriage, there's a way God intended things. And when we can live into that, um, but we're not going to do it like, Angrily, we're not going to do it like by by um, allowing like bullying and, and 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 unfair treatment of other people on this on this campus. We can do this in a way that that honors who we are, and at the same time, um, I th- I think that one we've invited those who may be oppositional to us on this campus to be here to get to 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 meet some of our our students and faculty and staff. They've actually found this to be a place that is is much kinder than they thought. And uh, sometimes the narrative about us isn't really the narrative of us. And so we've opened up our campus. Hey, you want to come and talk about who we are? And like, let's let's have a conversation. But we spend our, our we're, we're more concerned about talking across the table than shouting across the street. That's just the way in which we want to approach things. And I think that's the, the best way. Like, be civil, but but you don't have to capitulate what you believe um, to be kind to somebody. Sounds like at the heart of one of the strategies for Biola in navigating some of the waters we're in now in terms of issues of like marriage and sexuality, in which a Christian position is increasingly at odds with what's commonly held by at least many in our culture, is to reach out relationally to people and try to just love them and care for them and give them a sense of what Biola is really like. So is that the heart of how we navigate the way you put firm in the center, soft on the edges? What other strategies would be involved in trying to just help Biola continue its historic mission into the future when it's getting harder and harder to hold some of the traditional views that Biola has held for 100 years plus? Yeah, so wonderful question, Sean. I, I, I think we, it's always best to start with a relational strategy like – to have a conversation, to build a bridge, um, for someone to really know who you are, but it doesn't always work. Um, you know, you know, Jesus says you are the aroma of, 
Oh, Paul says, you have the aroma of Christ. Some of the smell of life, others smell of death. So it doesn't always work, but I think that's a place to start. But that can't be your only strategy. Um, you need a, a communication strategy, like this is who we are. You need a prayer strategy. This is what's going to undergird us to, to pray that God protects this institution. You actually, you need a legislative strat- strategy. I'm going up to two days from now to, uh, to Sacramento, spend the day with lawmakers. And, wow. and it's not just to say, hey, how come you're against this dimension of Biola? It's also to find common ground where we can work together. And I think there's an ecosystem there. And I think that helps to say, like, how can we work together? And that sometimes put in perspective maybe areas that they might think is a little bit odd about Biola. But you also, you're ultimately, you're gonna, you know, you may need a, a legal strategy, right, a litigation strategy. So I think all those strategies need to be in your quiver, um, but start with relational. Now, we've also had challenges in the area of race, too. How have you helped the university navigate the difficult issues regarding ra- issues of race and racial reconciliation on the campus? Yeah, well, I, I want to commend both of you, Scott and Sean, because you've you've had these conversations on Think Biblically podcast, and you've brought in those that can help think about with our listening community, how do we deal with this way in a way that that is biblical and fair and and conveys that we care deeply about the image of God in, in, in all of us. Um, I think when there are ideologies on race that are contrary to the gospel, we've got to call those out. I'm going to say, like, this isn't the way God intended things to be. This isn't the, true to Scripture. Um, uh, it, it also means that, that we have to spend a lot of time listening uh, to each other here. And oftentimes we say, well, we want to be a kind of a diverse community, but but we're in a lot of different echo chambers, and we need to get to know those whose stories are not like yours, not like mine, not like theirs. Maybe they don't look or vote or believe in some ways like you do. And I'm like, how do we how do we break that down and 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 be a more of a welcoming community? And it means all, we all reconciliation is about moving towards each other. We have to always be moving towards each other. It doesn't mean like one community stays still and they say, hey, walk towards us. We got to walk towards each other. And sometimes the conversations are messy and they're complicated and they're hard. And I think that's, we've got to live into that in ways. But ultimately, at the end of the day, how are we doing this in a way that that lifts up the body of Christ, not by pushing one group down to lift one other up, but how are we mutually lifting each other up? And um, it's, you know, I've often said, like, it's like, there's no, there's no finish line until you, you know, get to that, you know, that great moment where every tongue and tribe and nation falls before the triune God, three in one, right? Um, and, and lives it out. That, so, um, we've got work to do, and I think we just need to spend time truly learning from one another and being open that, yeah, no, we've got, we've got room to, to grow. Somewhat of a, a personal question for you, and I know it's impossible to separate being a uh, president of university, but also a parent of a child who's gone to university. My son is a senior in high school right now. And good chance he's going to do a gap year, which I think is awesome. And then probably show up at bio after that. And I can't wait. What was it like to be a parent of a, of a child who went to Biola? Yeah, not, not, not one, not two, but three. All three. Uh, all three. Wow. Yeah, we're three for wow. three. And, and they didn't have to come here. They chose to come here. And, um, and they've, you know, there were moments early on that might have been a little bit awkward for them, but they found their way and they made their friends and, they took their courses and they made good decisions and they grew in all the ways we'd want our, our, you know, our kids to grow here. And I was a little nervous, you know, when I became 
I was, you know, I, I started here in 2007, 2011, our son, our oldest, decided he's going to come to Biola. And I thought, oh, okay, you know, I, I like this school as a president. What am I going to feel like as a parent? Yeah. And, um, you know, it, um, he graduated in four years and our daughter did. And now our son's about to graduate. And on the, on the other end of Biola, all of them have, have really done well. But they've made great friendships here and they've struggled with issues here. And they've wrestled with their own faith to make it their own here. And so the things that we hoped for... Um, when I was giving my addresses to big crowds, we experienced in our own family. You know, I know one of the things that's, that I know is really important to you is ensuring that Biola stays faithful to its historic mission. So what, what concrete steps are you taking in the next year or two in the foreseeable future to ensure that Biola does actually stay true to that mission? Yeah, w- wonderful question, Scott. Well, first of all, the, the, you got to like, what was that original mission? So I've spent a lot of time, even during COVID, kind of digging into archives and stories and documents, talking to historians and what were those founding principles. And so that's, that's important. I, I've, I've noticed that sometimes college presidents can make one of two historical mistakes. They can be nostalgic saying, oh, we've always done it that way. And that's kind of who we are. And we're not going to, you know, change. And then they can become irrelevant. But some are can be nostalgic, but others can be amnesic. They forget where they came from. And so I am constantly reminding this community, these are our roots, this is who we are. Now let's think about how to live into them in new wineskins, in creative ways. And uh, I think that university presidents in this day and age have to be much more intentional about symbolic reminders action steps that you take, uh, ways to remind folks in our community, like this is who we are. So if you're hanging around waiting for us to change or campaigning for change, probably better place for you to be. Um, and so this is, the, this is the heart and soul of a university. And, and I think of Harry Lewis, who was the dean at Harvard, and he wrote a book called Excellence Without a Soul. And he said, you know, we sit in a, in a room in Harvard and talk about what is the heart and soul of this university. And like every faculty member has a different idea. And we have no common consensus of what the ideal Harvard graduate looks like. And that was his critique on that institution. But I feel like we know who we are. But we just got to keep on thinking about it in new and fresh ways and constantly reminding this community. We can be such a, a fresh place in the university in, in, in all of the messiness that's going on in higher education where people come and say, ah, oh, they have a soul and they know what they are and we know what our kids are going to get. And, and this, is what, this is what our world needs more and more. This is what I, I, I mean, I'm 60 years old, been here 15 years, and, and um, this is, I, I believe in this school. This school has so much potential to live into its founding vision, and we're going to keep on doing it better and more creatively than ever. I can't believe it's been 15 years. I was just going to ask how many years it's been. And I remember when you first came and one of the first times we met, 15 years. That's incredible. So thinking back- Did you like me? Did you like me back then when you met me? (laughs) Did I like you back then? Do you still like me? I do. I remember I sent you a book for your son at that point. Yes, you you did. You sent me a personal letter back. And at that point, I was like, wow, you know, that that meant a lot. So I want you to reflect upon that, that 15 years- and you can answer this obviously however you want to. There's got to be a lot of things you're proud of in the good sense. Maybe it's a big building campaign. Maybe it was a student that you mentored. Maybe it was some new project that started. As you think about that 15 years, what's one or two things that jumps to your mind? You just say, you know what? It was cool and awesome to be a part of that. 
Yeah, well, I, I have a group of guys I mentor. Actually, I'm, I'm going to meet with them in a few minutes now. And uh, <laughs> That was a subtle suggestion <laughs> That's right. to yeah. wrap this thing yeah, up. Yeah, so I'm going to meet with them and um, love these guys. And there was a time that um, I would take them to Yosemite and did that for seven years straight. We do some different things now. And so that, that has been a highlight. Uh, you know, we've built buildings here and started new programs. But I think at the end of the day, um, I'm going to look back caring more about the people that maybe I had relationships with that influenced me or I influenced them more so than the, uh, the structures that went up or the new programs we launched. And isn't it all about relationship? Isn't it all Amen. about this daily pilgrimage right. towards helping each other love God more? Hmm. Barry, one last question, and then we'll let you go off to that group of students that you're mentoring. <laughs> we, we can take a hint. Um, <laughs> what, what, are, what are some of the things that give you the most hope and encouragement about Biola's future? Well, I, I just... I truly believe that there is a, a rising generation that has the potential to make a profound influence for the good in this world. And, you know, culture has, I don't want to overstate, but there's a lot of rancor and there's a lot of vitriol out there. And um, I don't want students to get swept into that, but I don't want them to just come become soft on the inside either. I don't want them to become like, hey, live and let live. You know, you do your thing, I'll do my thing. I just think that there's a need for this generation to stand up for what is true and what is right and what is virtuous and what is good and do that in a way that attracts people to Jesus. That's, I mean, that's, the church has been doing that in good times and in hard times when there was a majority and when there was a remnant for millennia now. And we're going to keep on doing that until, you know, my father's words, until Jesus takes us home. Well, it is, that is part of our DNA, both as the people of God yeah. and as a university, that we want to stand for that. So I want to say special thanks to Dr. Barry Corey for joining us on what I know is a very busy day today on Spring Preview Day. We've, had, we've actually uh, gathered a nice little crowd here around people who wanted to hear what you had to say. <laughs> and you're getting some applause, too, which is all good. So we're so grateful for you taking the time. I know I've, you know— our listeners may not be aware, but I get the privilege of working very closely with Dr. Corey on a number of things. And it's been a huge, huge joy and privilege to work as closely as we as we do. So it's a great it's one of the great joys of my life professionally. Thank you. And let me uh, say that, uh, you know, I am at Biola because of faculty members like you. Mm-hmm. So Dr. McDowell and Dr. Ray and the hundreds of other faculty members here. It's just, it is a, it is a great community. It's good to be together again. It's good to see people out there and walking the sidewalks and in the classrooms and you know, no masks on outside here. All of those are like good, good things. And, um, and, and, and thank God that they're, they're, I believe that our best days are yet to come. Amen. You're here. Well, this has been an episode of the podcast, Think Biblically, Conversations on Faith and Culture. Think Biblically Podcast is brought to you by Talbot School of Theology at Biola University, offering programs in Southern California and online, including our Institute for Spiritual Formation. Visit biola.edu slash Talbot in order to learn more. If you enjoyed today's conversation with our president, Dr. Barry Corey, give us a rating on your podcast app and feel free to share it with a friend. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, think biblically about everything.